0: you have your Bibles today, it's in John chapter 15 is where I'll be reading, (coughs) excuse me, John chapter 15 is where I'll be reading today from the Word of God. You know, the theme, one of the themes that has been repeated already in our service today is grace where would we be without God's grace? Well, we could go on and on and and mention and talk about that. Primarily, we'd be lost, right? Without hope, without strength, and without any real purpose in life. God's grace is uh, sufficient. Over the years, I have... I've learned and I'm beginning to learn even more that God's grace in the Christian's life is like an anchor, that when everything else changes and life changes and things get out of balance or things happen, God's grace is the thing that holds you when the storms come. Uh, I could give you a number of scriptures, but it is true of the Bible, I can assure you, as you know. God's grace is how we have strength to live through this life. John chapter 15, very familiar passage of scripture, one of my favorites in the world. In fact, if you want to spend a little time studying what Jesus said the Christian life is really about, start in John chapter 13 and read through to about 16 or 17, 17. Spend some time in those chapters studying and praying and you'll, you'll find that Jesus had a lot to say about what the Christian life really is. And if Jesus said it, I believe it. Amen? John chapter 15. I am the true vine and my Father is the vine dresser. Each branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away in every branch that bears fruit. He prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because the world, the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I abide in you as the branches cannot bear fruit of, it, fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him bear much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. How many of you believe that's true? Verse 6 If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciple. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. I want to share with you this morning a message entitled or titled The Vine and the Branches. Simply the vine and the branches. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, there is absolutely nothing that I can do today apart from you to make any real difference in anyone's life. Father, I ask your Holy Spirit and your Word to do its work today to soften hearts, to guide our minds, to redirect our attention on things that matter and most. And Father, help us today. By the power of your Holy Spirit, understand and believe and accept your Word. We pray in Jesus' name amen what I was saying earlier, I don't think she saw it. I asked her if she liked that, and what I meant was this It's not a vine, but it's the closest I could do this morning, okay? How y'all like that? Isn't that pretty? I've kind of been I've kind of been uh, unhappy that I had to break it off. It's so pretty. Well, you know, if I ask you today, uh, would you give me $100 for this? Would you pay $100 for it? He would. See me after church. See me after church. I'll, you got $100? I don't believe you got $100. dollars you kind of blushing there. What about 50 uh, Would you give me 50 for it? Nobody. He'd still give me 50 About 25 That's about as low as I can get. The point I'm making is nobody in the right mind would, right? Why? What value does this have? Does this have? And, and the real reason why it no longer even has value is because it's no longer attached. What's amazing is it looks healthier, but believe it or not, before I broke this thing off earlier this morning, it looked better than it does now. It's already begun its process of dying. Kind of sad, huh? If you think about it, Jesus is saying the exact same thing to us in this text. He used something that everybody could understand to teach a principle that was eternal. Growing up, one of my family members, one of the few that lived anywhere near me, had grapevines. Some of you know what it's like to go... When I was a kid, I'd go to them grape vines and them big old clusters of grapes would be hanging there. I mean, they ain't like the ones at Bilo. I don't know why they're different. Of course, everything comes out of Bilo is different. You ever eat a tomato from Bilo? It ain't the same as the garden. (laughs) grateful for it, but it ain't the same. But these big old grapes would be hanging on that vine every year and I'd look forward to going up there and getting me a big handful... And oh, I can still taste them. I, I've never tasted a grape like it since. Don't guess I ever will. But on a grapevine, vine, there is, there is the, the grapes, the branches, the vine. And that's exactly what Jesus was saying here. And he's saying that if one is not connected to the vine... There'll come a day when, for now, you'll know what this means, that somebody will come along and pick up those that are not connected, that are dying, and they'll throw them in a pile. And it'll sit there until eventually enough is accumulated. I remember doing this. And what do you do? You put them all in a pile and you burn them. Now I want to tell you this morning that the contrast that we have in this text is very clear. There are people all around us every day. May even be one here this morning, I hope not. And your spiritual life and future is no different from that branch. You're unconnected, you're without Christ, and you're just wilting until the time of judgment. It's kind of of the biggest tragedy, really, that there is for a person to be without Christ, isn't it? This text that we're reading from today is a comparison between what is lying in the floor... As an illustration, and what the true Christian life should look like, what it should be like. And you got to remember to understand this text and to truly appreciate it, you got to remember when this happened. This was some of Jesus' very last words before he would go and agonize and pray and go to the cross. For three years, Jesus had chosen 12, I have to take my shoes off, 12 people. And he picked the 12 and he poured his life, his heart, his spirit, everything that he had into these 12 because these 12 would take his message and his truth to the world. But at this time, there was not 12 seated with Jesus. There was only 11. If you go to Matthew chapter 13, verses 18 and 23, Jesus comments on this, that there was 12, but in reality, there was only 11, because who was the 12th? Judas. When Jesus Jesus spoke this, Judas had departed the group. And he had left for a reason. To go and to portray Jesus. So when you understand that, what Jesus is saying here, he is contrasting those which were true and that one which was not true. But think about it. Up until that moment, he ate with the rest of the disciples. He slept. He ministered alongside Jesus. He looked no different than the other 11. Jesus even gave him high responsibilities. But he wasn't the same as the other 11. He wasn't attached. You see the difference? The Bible says that there will be many, many people who will live a life and they will look and sound and even act sometimes, just like Jesus. But their life will produce no fruit because they're not in Jesus. You see, the branch that I threw out on the floor as an illustration this morning is what some people would call the Judas branch. There's the branch which produces the fruit of God and God's power and strength through them. And then there's the branch that produces nothing of any really eternal value. And it withers and dies. The comparison is found in verses 2 and 8. Verses 2 and 8 of this text, we see that there is a faithful branch. There is a branch that is firmly connected to the vine. And from the vine it receives all the resources it needs to produce some measure of fruit. Now if you go to Matthew chapter 13 verses 8 through 23, what you'll read, what you'll find is the Bible says that not everybody produces the same level of fruit. Do you remember what Jesus' illustration? But the reality is everybody who's attached produces fruit of the one who they're attached to the one who is in their life. They produce some measure of fruit. So you see the fruitful branch, and then in verse 2 and 6, you see the non-fruitful branch, and he says in verse 2, he says, that that branch will be taken away. And so, such is true... For every woman, child, person that you know that is a family member without Christ, there will be a day, whether it's through death or the second coming of Jesus, that the Bible says He will separate them unto themselves, not for hope, not for peace, not to be united with their brothers and sisters in Christ, but to be set apart for destruction. Verse 2 says, This Judas branch will be set aside for destruction. You know where Judas is today? He's in hell. So will every person be without Christ. Verse 8, verse 6, he says, And if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch that was withered, And they will be gathered and thrown into the fire and then they will be burned. And then they are burned. Such is the future of every person without Christ. Every person. The contrast is between the Judas branch and the real branch. But the question must be asked, what's the difference? And what was Jesus saying about all this? He says, first, my father is the vine dresser. The father that Jesus prayed to, the father that that Jesus spent time with in prayer on his earthly ministry, listen, he's the vine dresser. He's the one that tills the soil. He plants the seed He nurtures and makes sure everything is just right. I want to tell you that there's a reason that every summer, that every year, I could go to those vines and pick those wonderful, beautiful grapes. There's a reason why I could do that because there was a man who lived there who was a farmer all his life and he knew how to take care of them and he knew how to fertilize them and he had the power and the knowledge and the authority to do what was needed to make them grow. And Jesus said, my father is the, is the vine dresser. But then he says, but I am the vine. I am the vine. I am that source of life. The division between life and death. I am the only source that can provide you life. Not only now, but for all eternity. You know, Jesus called himself a lot of things that people understood. Bread, a gate, a door. But what he, again, what he was saying, here he says a vine. But what he was talking about was a spiritual principle. A spiritual principle about eternity. And about who he really was. I'm going to share something with you before I forget. I wish I had learned this 30 years ago. You know, The older you get, the more you realize the dumber you are. You know what I mean? You think you you get to a certain middle age and you think, man, I really know some stuff. Then as you get older, you realize how dumb you are, because it's like, how much have I not learned? I've learned a lot, but my goodness, there's so much I don't know. And thirty years ago, I wish I had known this and understood this better in my life as a Christian. Most every Christian, every Christian wants to produce fruit. They want to serve Jesus. They want to follow Jesus. They want to be around God's people, even if it's difficult. There's a drawing. There's a sense in which they're no longer the same lost, broken, separated person that they used to be. Now they're attached to something that controls their life, that leads them in a new direction. If you don't have that, you're not connected. I don't care how many prayers you prayed and how many times you got baptized. That's what the Bible says. You say, preacher, wait a minute. You know that there's people who got said prayers and and got baptized, going to be in hell. You better believe it. Probably most of them. Most of them. Because it's much more than just a prayer. I was saved through praying a prayer, but it was not because I prayed a prayer of of knowing and understanding. It was a prayer of repentance and faith and acceptance and surrender. This is what I've learned. That what I've spent so much time doing is trying and figuring out new ways, figuring out ways to produce fruit. And then you, you get frustrated and you get angry and you get mad and you say, Lord, I just feel like my life is producing nothing or you get to this certain stage in life and you realize you feel like oh my gosh here i am i'm on the other side now and what have i really accomplished some people call it a midlife crisis that's not what i'm talking about i'm beyond that now uh it's hard to believe but anyway i'm talking about a spiritual sense in which you want to produce fruit So you try harder and it's like a treadmill. You just keep running, running, running and all you get is tireder, more tired. But the fruit doesn't come. You know what I believe is true? All these years I've spent running that treadmill trying to produce fruit. What I should have been doing the whole time is just using every bit of that energy just to focus on Jesus. And He'll produce the fruit. Those who know Jesus, are connected to Jesus, and those who spend time with Jesus and focus their life upon Jesus, you cannot not produce fruit. Because it's God working in you. We can try, oh, I'm not saying we don't, we don't just let go of everything and sit down and we say, okay, God, you do it all. I'm just going to sit here and let you do it all. I'm going to let go and let God do everything. That's not what I'm saying. You've got to do your part. But the first thing you've got to do is let go of what you think you can do and give everything to Him. And let Him, the source, the vine, produce in you what you, what does it say in verse 5? What you cannot do yourself. Jesus tells them, and he says, I can do in you what you cannot do for yourself. That because in verse 5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches, and he who abides in me and in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do what? Nothing. Well, wait a minute. Is he talking me I can feed myself? I can get out of bed, put my shoes? That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the spiritual sense of what God can lead and do in your life. The fruit that we produce. You know, you can do the right thing and still do it with the wrong motive. Do you realize that? And there's a lot of people who sit in churches all around, all around us every day, and they go on through that treadmill, and they're doing this stuff, but they're not doing it for the right reasons. And Jesus says, it's just like that branch laying in the floor. It's dying. There's no value in it. They're just running themselves into exhaustion. But you give it all to Jesus and you receive from him that which you need to grow, to learn, to follow, to pursue the things of God. What Jesus is saying is he's saying, I'll do everything that I desire to do and I'll produce in your life what you cannot do for yourself. Isn't that what every Christian should want? Is not just to go through the motions, not just, oh, I'm going home one day. I can't, you know, wonderful. Wonderful, I'm ready to go too. But listen, until it's time for me to go, I don't want to just sit and wait to go home. I want to do what God has called me to do and be what God has called me to be. But I can't do it on my own, Jesus says. He says, there are those that are withering and piled up And they're just waiting to be burned. And then there are others who are connected. And he says to them, he says, I can do the impossible in your life. Only abide in me. What does abide mean? It means to stay put. To be determined in every way. To stay put. In other words, this thing right here, in order for it to stay put, would have had to stay connected to the tree. Right? It would have had to stay connected to the source. Now because me know me, it's dying. It's dying. Do you believe that God can do the impossible in your life? Do you believe no matter how long you think you've been a Christian or how long you've walked with God that that you haven't even begun to see what God could do if you let him? As a church, do you believe that God could do far beyond anything we think and imagine if we let him? If we we just stop trying to do it ourselves and say, God, we want you to tell us. We want you to do through us that which only you can do. God can do the impossible and he tells his disciples that day and he's telling us today that I'm willing and able to do the impossible. Ten times in this text he says, Abide in me. Abide in me. If you are a Christian here today, verses 4 through 5, if you are a Christian here today and you truly are in Christ, The Bible says that I abide in in me and I abide in you. That God has done something in your life that you could not do for yourself. There's not one person who ever was able to save themselves. It was only God who could save us. Verse 8, do you believe that abiding in Christ gives us the ability, look in verse 8. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciple. How many of us here today seek and long and desire not only just to say, oh, I'm going to heaven one day, go back and live my life and get be consumed with my job and everything else in the world and Not give Jesus a whole lot of attention or thought throughout the week? Or how many of us in our hearts get up every morning and go to work and do the things we need to do? And in our hearts, we're saying, I want to be above everything else a disciple of Jesus. I want to follow him today. I want to live for him. Jesus says, I have the ability to make you my disciple. If you abide in me, the Bible says you will stay in me. I love what Paul says. Someone asked Paul one time, he said, but why did all those people who used to be with us, the church, walk away and never come back and go right back into the world? And Jesus, and and, and Paul said this. He said, they left from us because they never were of us. They were kind of like Judas. For a while, they played the game. But something happened. They didn't get their way, got mad, something uh, got what they wanted and moved on. Something happened, so they left and returned to the world that they are a part of. You know, a true believer in Jesus Christ that is connected to the vine has a hard time stomaching this world, much less giving themselves over to it. Every day. The blessings of abiding in Christ is that God lives in us, that we have the ability to escape judgment. Isn't that wonderful? That if you are in Jesus Christ, the verse 6, when he says that he will gather them and he will burn them and that day will come, don't don't you find hope in in knowing and understanding that that day is now no more for you? (laughs) You've escaped the judgment of God, the wrath of God, because of the vine that you're connected to. Because His righteousness has become your righteousness before the Father. Your sins, as you sang, are forgiven, not because of one thing you or I ever did, except to receive the vine who was able to forgive the sin and make atonement for the sin. You see, it's through the vine that we receive everything. Verse 8 and verse 4, he says that we're to bear fruit for whose glory? For his glory. God takes that which is broken and unusable in the kingdom of God and he redeems it and he starts cleaning it up and he fills it with a new nature and a new spirit. He gathers it together with other believers that's like-minded to try to work through this life together and then he starts making that thing more like him. and every day he feeds it the nourishment the strength the wisdom that it needs just like a vine and a branch and the whole point of it is to do what to produce the fruits of God in their life that God may be glorified that somebody else may see before it's too late that they can't fix their life. And there is no salvation apart from the vine. It's no different. You see, in reality, every one of us are born just like this limb laying in the floor. We're already separated from Christ. We have a sinful nature, and as as the older you get, the more it shows. You ask the kid when he steals a cookie out of the cookie jar, did you do that? Oh, no, Mama. He, he ain't even old enough to talk, but he can say no. He got cookie crumbs all around his mouth. <laughs> Who taught him how to lie? It's his nature. And that sinful nature separates you. It separates you from God. And as you get older and as you get in the mindset, then you begin to reap your own sinfulness and make your own bad decisions. Anybody ever did that? And you begin to do other things and, that are not honorable to God. And there is no way apart from Jesus that that thing sitting in the floor can redeem itself. It would take a miracle, wouldn't it? Jesus says, and I'm done, listen to me. He says the miracle is I've taken that which is dead and dying and I've grafted it in. I tried to graft Israel in, but they they didn't listen. Remember the scripture? But I've grafted you in. And now, guess what? You have new life and a new source of existence and a new eternity awaiting you. Because now... I am the vine, you are the branches. Now produce the fruit that I am able you to produce. There's a lot about the Christian life, and I promise you I'm about done, that we are to understand. But there's a few things I'd be at miss if I didn't mention, within three seconds I'm going to mention them. The Bible says in verses 9 and 10 to abide in his love, to abide in his joy. In verse 7, he talks about abiding in the relationship of prayer and reaching out to God. How many of you believe that prayer is true? How many of you know that, that real prayer is just relationship with God and aligning your life to what his will is for your life, that your prayers become his will, not just your will? How many of you know today he says that you abide in me and you are my friend you're no longer a slave but a friend Galatians 2:20 says I am crucified in Christ never live not I that live but who Christ who lives in, the, in me. Luke 9, 23. Anybody know what that says? What does Luke 9, 23 say? Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Anybody who what? Comes after Him must deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. You want to know how to live the Christian life and have fruitfulness in your life? You die daily to yourself and let the vine do His work. As long as you're driving the car, you're not necessarily going where God wants you to go. You've got to give Him ownership of everything that He might learn and show you how to produce His fruit. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father this beautiful, beautiful analogy that you've given us in your word. Lord, it takes me back to my childhood and going and picking those beautiful grapes off of that vine. But God, help me to be reminded today that that vine did not produce those grapes for itself. It produced it for me and animals or anybody else. But The tree or the vine never does produce for itself. It produces for others. Father, such is true or should be true for every Christian. Let us die to ourselves daily that you might live your life, your plan through us. God, help us today in our hearts to know beyond any shadow of a doubt that we are connected to the branch, to the vine. And as branches, God let us seek you with everything. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and the rest shall be added to you. Father, I know in my life And most of us here, we've done that in reverse. We seek everything else and try to give you what's left over. But it'll never work. God, help me to give you everything. And then, through your strength, allow you to work and produce in my life, my family, our jobs, whatever we have going on in our life that you would produce in our life that which only you can produce. God, we ask these things in Jesus' name and for your glory we pray. Amen.